Oh, I suppose. Recording so. in progress. All right, welcome back to the Brutally Honest Loan Officer Podcast. I am Stephen Brock, and and I'm Derek Brown. Happy New Year, everyone! Happy New Year, buddy, man. How was your New Year's? Uh, it was great. Spent it with some friends, and then uh, New Year's Day went on a little vacation with the fam. Did you stay up to midnight? Almost didn't. Uh, I was in bed before midnight, but I had not fallen asleep. So I walked out, the ball dropped, kissed my wife, got back in bed, fell asleep immediately. <laughs> that's that's the life of father of two, I guess. Our our intentions were all to stay up by all of us, me, my wife, and our two kids, you know, seven and eight. And my daughter passed out. I passed out. I think my wife says she passed out about 1130, but set her alarm because she was trying to stay awake for her son <laughs> and he was watching tv in our bed and he was the only one awake <laughs> nice did you guys eat grapes under the dining room table no probably grapes under the dining room table that? so like uh, thing? according to social media like there were like nine people that were doing that and i've never heard of it before no but no. it's supposed to bring like good luck eating like eating 12 grapes underneath the dining room table Never heard of it. I just thought people had lost it, but apparently that's a thing. But I had never heard of it. I know you haven't either. Well, I heard about setting your goals and your New Year's resolutions. Been doing that. Yeah, Yeah. Have you like achieved any goals yet, or are you still on track for accomplishing the goals you set? So I mean, we're only five days in. I have I have set them. You know, from our old coaching group, we I, I did hit all those, so that was great. Um, probably accomplished a lot more than I thought. So that that was good to finish out the year and then really start kind of tracking my next goals and break them out kind of step-by-step, step, you know, personal and business. So definitely on track. Um, some people are doing, you know, these dry Januaries and no desserts and all that. And I, I, those weren't my goals. So I technically did not fail those goals because they're not mine. Right. <laughs> All right. No, you got to set everything to what you want. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, I'm not doing a dry January. Um, I'm not doing a drowning January either. No. But like somewhere happily in the middle there. Not drinking uh, any no, more. Got... Not drinking any less. Right. <laughs> um, but no, I've got my goals set. Uh, I like where I'm at right now, personally, professionally, financially. Um, so a lot of it's just staying on track for the goals that I had set last semester and just um, sticking with it. So, you know, I'm happy with where I'm at. Nice. So what's our topic for our podcast today? The best topic on everybody's mind, interest rates. Ew. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, but like, (laughs) yeah, it's like my knee-jerk reaction because that's all we've talked about for the last year. And part, like, it's our own fault. Like when interest rates were super low in the twos and threes, Every single loan officer out there said there's never been a better time to buy. Interest rates are super low. You know, now's the best time to buy. And we conditioned consumers to think that that's the best time to buy. I mean, when rates are low. And I learned last year, especially when rates went so much higher, uh, there was a lot less demand, but there were a lot of deals happening. Like people were buying houses for like a lot less money out of pocket, higher interest rate, yes, but less money out of pocket. Um, We were getting houses you know, appraisal was coming in over. Um, so 
you know, that, that whole idea of only buy when interest rates are low, not necessarily the best scenario. Um, no, refinance no. when rates are low. Yeah. I mean, you got to afford the payment now. I mean, what, what we hit um, a little over 8% last year towards the end of the year of it, you know, and now we're kind of starting to already trickle down. You know, I've seen a lot of people post like, oh, the Fed will lower the rate. The Fed has not lowered any rates. They said they're right. not raising any rates, which has made the rates kind of go down. You know, there's several people that keep saying they lower the rates. They have not done that at all. So, I mean, this is just, just them saying not raising the rates has made interest rates, you know, we'll get into it, like what, what causes them, but has made them more, um, more demand for those bonds that cause interest rates, which has automatically started lowering those rates. So, I mean, it's, it's great to see, we're seeing rates where people aren't having to pay an arm and a leg to just get a regular rate. Yeah. Pars back. Yeah. The par, like the meaning the free rate. So based on your loan to value, the type of loan you're doing, your credit score, um, you know, now we have a par interest rate, meaning free. Um, so if you got a better credit score, that rate might be lower. Um, but that's what we used to do back in the day. You know, sometimes you take a little bit higher rate and, you know, you could get a lender credit towards your closing costs. Um, but for the last year, that just wasn't even a thing. Uh, so I'm super excited to see a par interest rate back. Um, we can also obviously pay points for a lower one, but having that back now just makes me also feel better about investors and what they're looking at. Um, the par, it, like the idea of no par when we were having, like, I think you could almost get away with the par at like 8.75 on some of our loans that we were doing. Uh, but then the same cost could get you like 8.125. So it just didn't make any sense, but that was an investor looking at it, knowing that interest rates will eventually come down and that borrower is going to refinance and investors make money over the life of the loan. You know, so they were charging points up front in order to make that money because they know a buyer is going to end up refinancing when rates are lower. Yeah, exactly. You know, um, a lot of people don't understand where rates come from is, you know, you have these big institutions and, and secondary mortgage market that lend out this money that now gets charged when they lend it out for but easy numbers, easy number 1% to a bank or a mortgage individual to lend it out to somebody else. Well, now they, you know, that the big investor lends it out for 1%, then the bank has to lend it out, let's say for 2% so they can make money and then pay back that 1%. So that's how, you know, how it kind of fluctuates down. So a lot of people don't understand that it comes from a higher point and then works its way down. Right. It. So, I mean, it, it's kind of important to know like how these interest rates are charged, what a lender and their compensation on it is with lending it in the first place. Right. Yeah. So lenders charge an interest rate in order to make money on that loan. So, but so then it brings up customers have asked me before, why do they fluctuate? Why do they go up and down on a weekly basis, on a daily basis? You know, we've seen interest rates jump, you know, up and then or drop down significantly within a matter of hours. Yeah. So, you know, what like what causes that? Well, short answer. It's economic conditions. You got inflation, which is part of that. Uh, the bond market, how how um, money is transferred back and forth with it, the monetary policy, and then simple market supply and demand. Those are 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 the biggest 
the biggest one. So, I mean, we can break them Those down. Are the biggest drivers on fluctuating interest rates. Yeah. And I, I want to get away from, this is what drives interest rates as a whole altogether, as a whole. Now, when you are getting your interest rate sent to you and you're looking at it, there is over, what, 30 factors that go into that interest rate. You know, right. yeah. credit score, loan program, loan to value. I mean, that's a completely different podcast. We're looking at this. 30,000 up, not, not individual. Right. So, you know, the economic, you know, conditions out there, the overall health of the economy, what's going on with this? Is it a strong economy? You know, interest rates tend to be a little bit higher because people can afford it is essentially what's going on. That's, that's how it's it's gone to it. You know, and then a weaker economy, why we saw a huge drop during COVID is because everybody was anticipating the economy to take a turn you know, for right. the worst. So they were lowering the rates to keep bar- people borrowing money and keep They wanted to avoid a recession. So exactly. quantitative easing is like what they call it. But because of that, they were trying to avoid a recession. They did quantitative easing where they were buying mortgage-backed securities in order to keep interest rates low in hopes that it would cause people to spend money and continue, you know, the economy turning and stuff like that. They just... Great idea, but they did it like they let rates go too low and for too long. Yeah. And then that's what made us go through what we went through last year with, you know, rising interest rates way, way, like. Well, that's way when you have inflation, right? Everybody's spending money. You have inflation. Right. So when you have inflation to curve the inflation, you have to raise the rate back up to lower right. inflation. If not, your inflation is now it. With with the Fed and the government, it's always a cause and effect. I mean, they're 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 always reactive. They're not proactive. They're they're right. doing stuff because something else already happened, and they're trying to correct it to keep it balanced with it. So, I mean, that's what we saw last year. Inflation was was skyrocketing, and towards the end of twenty one and twenty two, and then twenty three is when they started. I mean, the end of twenty two is when they started really raising the rates, but twenty three is where they, the brunt of it felt it. Right. So yeah. then, okay, monetary policy, um, we kind of went over that a little bit, but talking about central banks like the Federal Reserve, um, they set the benchmark, you know, these rates influence the cost of borrowing for banks, which in turn affects the rates that they charge consumers like us. Um, and then the market demand and supply, that's a big factor too. And that's where I think we can see differences, not nationwide. You know, we have a lot more demand here in Florida than we do, like than the nation does in some other states. Um, so that you know, higher demand usually creates higher rates. Um, lower demand could drive them down. Uh, so the supply and demand factor, you know, that's it's part of it. And I, I mean, I know we're on a podcast, so we're not actually showing the the chart of the of the ten year Treasury yield and all that, or you see the mortgage backed securities. Um, you know, but like when mortgage-backed securities is in the green and going up, rates are starting to come down because those are the bonds that are people are buying by people. Investors are buying, which that's more if it's more into demand for them to do it, then of course the rates are going to start coming down with it. Right. Got it. <clears throat> All right, I like that. Hopefully, people are learning something. Um, we we so went then, nerdy. a little bit nerdy on them, but we got a little nerdy. Yeah, and we could go deeper, but. I, I feel like people will stop listening at that point. Yeah. 
Exactly. Uh, <laughs> so let's wrap it up and talk about just what we said with the importance of interest rates and when it comes to home buying. Um, so one first thing is affordability. So Stephen, touch on that a little bit. I mean, yeah. So like you said, affordability, the, the interest rates, I mean, they, they affect your payment directly. That is one of the biggest things in there. So of course, the lower rate you have, the lower payment you have, because it just costs it costs less to borrow that money, um, which means you have a bigger um, buying power with it. So, you know, a four hundred thousand dollar house at you know six percent is going to cost less than a four hundred thousand dollar house at eight percent. Right. Obvious math on that one with it. So. Um, you have to look at it that you are just going to be able when rates, whichever way they go, is going to affect how much borrowing power you have. Right. Yeah. So if you're budgeting, you know, $3,000 a month for your mortgage payment, but then rates go down, you might be able to afford more house. Exactly. You know, for that same payment. So, all right. That's the short-term benefit, benefit, which we can also consider the long-term benefit, a small difference in your interest rate could dramatically affect your long-term investment. So the amount of money you spent over the life of the loan. Uh, I think it's rare that somebody pays 30 years on the same mortgage without selling or refinancing or something. Um, but the difference between a 6% rate and a 5.75% rate over 30 years could be tens of thousands of dollars. Yeah. You know, so that's where you know your overall spending over the entire life of the loan can make a big difference too, depending on your rate. So that's your long-term experience on it. Yeah. I mean, one thing we just experienced is the the impact on the housing market, you know, kind of as, as a whole with it, is more homes were selling when rates were lower. Right. You know, now granted, if you look at the other caveat, there are people paying over purchase price to get these homes, supply and demand issue with it. Right. But when rates are lower, there's more buyers and more affordability on the market. Um, I think is a every one one percent drop is, is like almost three three to five million people are back it's in the five, market. Yeah, that's right. One percent drop in rate is five million more people coming to the market. Yeah, I mean that's as a nation, you know. Right. Uh, five, you know, the, the rates dropped one percent. I mean, we were what in the eights last year, already back into the sixes. That's two. That's almost ten million people, roughly, that could be back in the market that weren't in the market six months ago. So I mean that. So as rates start. If, if rates go higher, it cools the market. And as rates go lower, it starts heating up the market again. Right. So, and that, I mean, it's kind of what we talked about before, where when rates were higher, there were some of our buyers that were getting good deals, you know? Yeah. So that's, you know, kind of depends on uh, the important, like the importance when considering the investment decision, because buying a home is also an investment. So it's likely going to be the largest investment that somebody makes. So, it's the interest rate affects not only the cost of the investment, but the potential return as well, because with a lower interest rate, you are paying down that mortgage balance faster uh, or less money. So when it comes time to sell a couple of years later, if you've paid down more, your home is appreciated up, you're going to have more money there in order to, you know, put down on your next house or whatever. So looking at that, you know, potential return too uh, is something to consider. And that's where rates can have an effect on that as well. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think overall when there, there's a difference between, I think somebody that's just a mortgage loan officer and, and somebody that can actually advise you, 
know, when you're actually looking at it and breaking it down and understanding interest rates, where they come from, how they work, I mean, that, that's a huge thing. Just set up, you know, you do yourself a disservice where they say, hey, your rate is this and that's it and move along. Like they need to break it down and show you where rates are. You know, right. some of the things that I, I, I've seen, I had a client and, you know, that's how I break it down to my clients, but I had a client not too long ago when rates went down and then kind of went back up and he he freaked out a little bit, like all oh, rates are going going back up. You know, what's going on? And well, I'm like, well, if you look at it is we locked you at this lower rate here and then they right. went down and they went back up. It's still, you're still lower than where they were at. And a lot of people don't follow the details of it and explain it to their borrowers or, or their clients of how rates are working. Where are we at? You know, um, um, like like on that sample was more of the bond market. Like the bond market went, it went where we locked them at was high for the bond market, which means the rate was low. Rate the bond market went down, and then went back up. And then since it went when it went back up. He was like, oh, that is, I need to redo my rate. I'm like, well, easy number. Like we locked you at a 10 and it went down to a five and now it went back up to an eight. So you still are better off at that tip and right. not raise, but the, what the price of the bond is kind of thing. So it, it's, it's just to, to have that, that knowledge of how rates work is, is crucial. You know, make sure that you're talking to a lender that understands that it's going to put it out there to you. So I know I went a little. Well, and also talk to a lender that's got the float down policy. Exactly. So when we go through it, and I've tried, um, sometimes you know it might be difficult depending on the market if there's been a lot of drastic changes and volatility in the market. Um, but typically, my buyers know around what rate we're probably going to be locking in. You know, so if we go under contract, usually it's about the same that we've been talking about. If there is a change, we'll talk about it. Um, but I'm a fan of if you like it, lock it. Yeah. Because we have a float down policy. So if rates do get better, we'll float down. But if rates go up and we haven't locked in, nothing we can do. Yeah. If we, you know, if we lock down rate. Like, I want to wait and see what happens. I don't. Why? That's just so much risk. It's better to lock it in and say, that's your worst case scenario. Right. Like if you're okay with this payment and this rate, that is your yep. worst case. You know, most people don't look at rate. They're looking at that payment. But if you lock it in, it's you're, that's where you're at. Now, if it drops, we're going to drop it. Right. And that's the benefit of having that float down. You know, I just had, exactly. a, I had a client, we did, we did that and they had a 60 day closing and then they, the, the seller was able to close quicker. And we, uh, so we had a 60 day lock on it, but then we came back and between that period is when we, uh, they dropped three quarter, I think three quarters of a point, which I mean, it was a higher loan amount. I mean, it was hundreds of dollars a month that it changed. Right. Where Same. If we didn't have that yeah. policy, they would have been locked in the other way. No. Exactly. Oh. Well, so, I hope this this helps some people take a boring, boring topic, topic, but we made it exciting, right? I think so. We're smart. We're smart guys and we can make anything fun. Like this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> We're that good. That good. Well, thanks everybody for joining us. This is the Brutally Honest Loan Officer Podcast. Hope you liked it. Leave us a review. That helps us get us more seen out there. And we'll see you guys next time. All right. See you guys. See ya.